Welcome to the Nick Fong Podcast. As the broker and owner of Ronaval Real Estate, Nick has spent nearly 20 years in Baja, California, sir. And in this podcast, he'll be talking everything Baja, from food and culture to real estate and property management. And now, here's your host, Nick Fong. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Don Nelson, attorney and CPA from the U.S. and a longtime resident here in the Baja. Don Nelson, welcome. Great to be here. Pleasure. Um, You and I met years ago, and you have been a real important figure as an advisor to people living in Cabo in the Baja because of your background. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a background when you first came to Cabo and for how long? Well, I don't remember exactly when, but it's been over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I met all these people that uh, weren't filing their U.S. taxes. So I said, oh, I could help them with that. And since that time, uh, we now do well over 200 or more tax returns here in Baja. Mm-hmm. and uh, also render tax planning, estate planning, and other advice to people. Okay, so you've been coming for over 30 years, and you actually own real estate here also. Yes, I, I have a house, and I have a large lot, which I should discuss with you, Nick. Definitely. So that, that'll be another <laughs> podcast, okay? Um, but today, I, I wanted to introduce our viewers to um, the services that you provide, your expertise, that I've known about for many years. Let's start from the very top, the simple stuff. You mentioned it already, the tax returns. So if I'm an American living in the Baja or internationally anywhere, what are the requirements that Americans have? In the the US IRS is one of the two countries in the world that require US citizens file tax returns no matter where they live in the world. And that means they have to report all their worldwide income, but they do get credits for taxes they pay in these foreign countries and well as other benefits. Mm -hmm. And uh, a large number of U.S. citizens are aware of this, and we spend a lot of time helping them catch up. Yeah, and out of curiosity, what's the other country in the world? I I can never remember. It's a tiny country in East Africa. Oh, really? Okay. Probably. I, I haven't been there, so I, I can attest to that. So the United States requires all American citizens, even if you're living abroad, to um, file a tax return. returns and report your worldwide income, whether it's from the U.S. or anywhere in the world. And what's the annual exemption that Americans have? For it foreign? goes up every year. Mm-hmm. For 2022, it's going to be $112,000. Okay. So therefore, if uh, you and your spouse work, you can exclude $224,000. Okay. Plus, you get to add on to that if you pay more rent than a certain minimum amount, which is around $16,000 now. Mm-hmm. You can add that on and deduct that from your taxable earnings. Rent for income? Properties? Rent on if you're renting your residence. Ah, okay, okay. So renting your residence that's foreign. That you live in in the foreign country. Okay, got it. Okay. And this needs to be done annually by American citizens. Right. And it's due, uh, you get an automatic extension until June 15th, Mm -hmm. and you can extend it out to October 15th. 
And you can even extend it out to December 15th, as some people we know might do. Myself included, <laughs> every year I go for the... Now, that doesn't mean if you owe taxes, you need to pay your taxes. And those extensions can actually extend it without penalty. But if you owe money, they charge interest in penalties. From, from right? April 15th. You need to pay the taxes April 15th. Mm -hmm. But there's uh, the IRS doesn't admit this, but I have talked to friends at the IRS. And if you extend your taxes out as far as you can, it reduces your chance of audit significantly. Okay. So it's Say that worth again. doing. Say that again. It reduces your chance of audit significantly. By doing what? Extending out as far as you can. Why is that? Well, they start from the, the earliest returns. Uh -huh. rather, rather than the later returns being put at the top of the stack, they're at the bottom and they never get to them. They only have three years to audit. So that's a good strategy. It, yes. And you have friends at the IRS. Well, they say they're my friends. <laughs> Is anybody your friend at the IRS? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Okay. So what happens to income that's above that 112000 threshold? It gets taxed at regular rates, okay. but if you pay taxes in Mexico, income taxes, that mm -hmm. is, you can claim it as a credit against your U.S. taxes. Okay. And that redu could reduce your U.S. tax to zero, especially here in Mexico where the tax rates are high. Now, what is interesting to me is that a lot of accountants in the U.S. don't know how to file these kind of tax returns for foreigners. It's an actual specialty. Yes, it is. We do a lot of time. We spend correcting prior years that are wrong that mm -hmm. were done by accountants taking a stab at it, but they didn't succeed. Yep. As I have an accountant, a, a corporate accountant in the States, and I was asking them, and they're like, uh, we don't know how to do that. And so... And, and it does get much more complex than regular mm -hmm. tax work because it's... Uh, they wrote most of these rules for foreign taxes for large corporations, mm -hmm. how unfortunately average people get stuck with having to deal with them. Right. What about property that our clients own in Mexico and it's in a fideicomiso, a trust? There's some kind of tax law in the U.S. where if it's in a trust, you have to file it in your taxes? Is that still the case? They eliminated that about okay. six or eight years ago. You used to have to file a form 3520 treating as a foreign trust. Mm -hmm. They decided to feed a comiso, this is the IRS, that it actually was probably like a deed of trust or something right. and really not a trust. Right. So there's no longer a requirement. The big thing, which is the IRS loves because they collect a lot of money, is something called the FBAR, okay. uh, which is form 114. Which, if you ever, for even in tenth minutes, have over ten thousand dollars combined highest balances in foreign bank accounts or stock brokerage accounts, you have to file this form, or the penalty is ten thousand dollars. So, any foreign bank accounts that you have that at any moment go over ten thousand dollars, or or the them combined together, if combi you have two or three accounts with the same bank institution or different banks. Oh, really? You'd have to add up the highest balances and all of them, and if they all exceed the 10, then you file this form. With all the bank account informations of all the banks. Right. Okay. And it's an easy form, mm -hmm. and it doesn't cause you to pay taxes. They just want to know what money you They have. just want to know. And if you don't, they say, ah, this is easier than auditing you. We'll just send you the fine. 
Yeah. $10,000 yeah. per account per year. Well, they're arguing over that currently in the courts, whether it's per account or per form. That has not been resolved yet. Have you seen that with clients that they've been assessed that fine? Oh, yes. That now, sometimes be... you can talk them, you know, negotiate out or even go to court, but okay, it, it's, it's happening. Wow. So if you're an American living abroad, file your FBAR. Yes, oh, and you do it online, simple, nothing form. And, and there's too many, what we encounter is a lot of people say, oh, I'm real careful. I never make, never put over 10 in a Mexican bank account. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any difference. The forms are nothing and it doesn't cause you to pay taxes. So mm -hmm. you might as well. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Nick Fong podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates. And if you're watching this on our social channels, please like and share. And if you want to be featured or you want me to talk on a certain topic, food, activities, culture, real estate in the Baja, drop a comment. What other things have you found Americans being ignorant of in terms of their taxes living abroad? Uh well, here in Mexico, they're ignorant that they may owe taxes on their rental income. Let's talk about that. That's a really, really good topic because we get asked that as real estate agents, do I have to pay taxes? And so if you're an American, I'll say this on the Mexican side, you do have to pay your taxes in Mexico. So when you pay your taxes in Mexico, you need a Mexican CPA to do all the correct filings. Let's say, and you get all the appropriate documentation. What do you do then in terms of being above board in the U.S.? In the U.S.? Yes, okay. on that foreign... On the U.S. Property. side, you report it as any other rental property. Mm -hmm. You get a credit for the taxes you pay in Mexico. Okay. And the only difference between a U.S. rental property that's uh, like an apartment or residential rental mm -hmm. is that you depreciate it over 40 years in the U.S., whereas if the property were located in the U.S., it'd be 27 and a half years. Oh, interesting. But if it's located in a foreign country, it's 40 years. Okay. Other than that, all the rules are the same, and you also don't have the problem with uh, uh, having to have facturas and all. You just need mm -hmm. an ordinary receipt, and the okay. IRS accepts it. Okay. So the documentation is easier on, yes. on the U.S. IRS side. Okay, so that's income earned on rental properties in the U.S. What about when you sell a property that's in Mexico? What do you do? Same I mean, rules apply as if you sold in the U.S. Mm -hmm. you, you report it and you get to deduct all the expenses mm -hmm. and your net profit's taxable. Sure. And you get to claim a credit, though, for the taxes which you paid in Mexico, the income taxes right. on the sale, mm -hmm. and which usually totally wipes out your U.S. taxes because, again, the taxes here, unless you have a really great notary, mm -hmm. are uh, usually more than the U.S. taxes. Right, right. Okay, and so what? A, this is a question we get asked a lot, the 1031 exchange. Familiar with them? Yes, and then, so very common scenario is I'm an American, I'm selling a property in Newport Beach, I'm going to get a million dollars, I want to put it in 1031 exchange and buy a property in Cabo San Lucas. Can you do it? No. You Why? cannot, you can do 1031 exchanges though 
it won't work because Mexico doesn't recognize it within foreign countries. Sure. Like you could 1031 exchange from a Mexico property to one in Ecuador, mm -hmm. but you cannot 1031 exchange in or out of a U.S. property. Right. Yes. So you heard it here, Don Nelson, you can't go across border with that money. So Mexico to U.S. or U.S. into Mexico. Right. All right, so that's the 1031 exchange. This is taxes, but you could do more than tax returns and you also do consulting for yes, clients. Yes, uh, we do estate planning for U.S. assets. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult like to take a Mexican will up there and get it probated or something. So you just go ahead and do it exclusively for your assets located outside of Mexico, mm -hmm. put them into living trusts and mm -hmm. things like that. And uh, also... Often people want second opinions because they aren't sure they're coming to Mexico and who knows what they're doing to me down there. Of, of when they're purchasing or selling properties, does mm -hmm. this look right? Yeah. Okay, so you do that kind of estate planning um, work. What other legal stuff are, have you been finding yourself involved in? Well, if, if you have a business or real estate and there may be occasions when you need you think you would like a U.S. LLC or a U.S. corporation, right. and uh, we set those up mm -hmm. and coordinate it with the Mexican CPA. Okay. And uh, let's see, uh, contract review. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing that we push, which uh, still hasn't happened. Mediation? Yeah, and arbitration. Yes, yes. Uh, Mexico has better mediation arbitration laws in many situations than the U.S. does. But yeah. nobody uses it. There's, it's done in Mexico City kind of commonly, mm -hmm. but not outside of Mexico City. Why would someone elect for arbitration as opposed to coming up, going to the legal system? Well, the legal system here uh, in Mexico takes a long time. And it's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money. And also, um, let me think of uh, an individual client of mine uh, who had a Mexican tax problem mm -hmm. in court here just paid a judge 70 grand to resolve it. Okay. Got and it. It's, it's not really great. Whereas you can actually, if you're arbitrate, you can actually even pick a U.S. arbitrator or mm -hmm. someone you are sure you have trust in mm -hmm. to decide. Same thing with mediation. Yeah. It's faster. It's less costly. Um, but you might, need both parties to agree to Might that. get a better result. Well, if you put it in the contract. Contract, right. I mean, it's standard in con real estate contracts in the U.S. now. I know you were pushing that for a number of like years ago. And it's... I, I was pushing it, but uh, the attorneys here were afraid of it. Well, attorneys are going to make less money. That's right. Right. <laughs> And you're an attorney yourself, so you know what they're feeling. Right. <laughs> okay, so aside from what we've already discussed, what other legal or accounting services can you provide to foreigners living in Mexico? Well, that's probably about it currently. Okay. What are you seeing in terms of like trends for taxes for foreigners living abroad, um, American clients? Well, they're, they're moving out of the U.S. at an incredibly high rate now mm -hmm. with uh, services like Zoom and remote work. Uh, right. There's no reason to live in the U.S. anymore. And um, that opens the door for services like yourself. But if 
I'm, if I have a job in the U.S. and I'm working remotely in Cabo San Lucas, is there, I mean, it's kind of business as usual, isn't it, for their taxes? Well, it, 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 you have you get into a vague area of Mexican tax law. If mm -hmm. you're working from in the U.S. Mm -hmm. for some company up there, but right. you're doing all the work here, uh, you might owe Mexican taxes on your income if it's the center of your working interest. Okay. And what where the center is is open to interpretation among various Mexican accountants. Yeah. So I, I know for most of our clients, they don't get a work visa in Mexico. The work that they're doing is for a U.S.-based company, and they're just on their laptop doing the work for whether they're a CPA right. or Many of those a in writer. that case, uh, most... Not, not all, but most CPAs down here agree they may not be subject to taxes here. Why is there so much room for interpretation when it comes to these kind of things? Well, the Mexican tax code, the cases, the regulations mm -hmm. are like 25 volumes. And in the U.S., what would it be? Well, I misstated myself. The U.S. tax code is okay. 25 volumes. Okay. The Mexican tax code, and in, they don't have interpretations. All they have is the code. Okay. is like the size of a large paperback. Oh, really? They do not have regulations or uh -huh. rulings or anything. Therefore, there's a lot of various interpretations of what it says. Okay. So it, there's not the volumes and volumes of regulations like in the U.S. Right. I'm not surprised in that. And that's why a lot of people come to Mexico, right? Right, where you you know traffic rules are kind of optional, stop signs, stoplights, and uh, that's what makes living in the Baja beautiful, right? And so, Don, I really appreciate you joining us and speaking your wisdom to our viewers. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, I have a website that's easy to remember. Mm -hmm. It's called TaxMeLess.com. How did you get that URL? That's amazing. Well, I I worked hard at. I did it. Many years ago, when new websites for things like Google and, mm -hmm. and Yahoo, yep. and I tried to think of one that was kind of cutesy like that. Yep. And that's how I came up with Tax Me Less. And they can get your email, phone number. Everything and... is there. All right. Perfect. Well, Don, thank you. And if you want to get questions answered, you want some advice on tax or law, this is the man, Don Nelson. Thank you, it's Don. It's my pleasure. And, you, and you're the man for real estate. I try to be. I try to be. And meeting great people like you, we've known each other for a number of years. Uh, connecting, bringing your knowledge to the forefront for our viewers is, you know, our aim. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank and, you. And until the next one, bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nick Fong Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronaval Real Estate. And follow Nick on Instagram at NickFong underscore Ronaval. Ready to find your Baja dream home? Check out the latest property listings at Ronaval.com or findmexicohouses.com. Hasta luego.